Ohayou gozaimasu. It's Zach Lingui Chichi. I'm so popular. Um, last week on the very exclusive Patreon episode that you had to pay $5 for, me and Really Sitting with Anna Kachian talked about Kim Kardashian and Black Lizard. Um, this week we're wrapping up my unofficial photography trilogy with two of my favorite girls ever. We are discussing uh, Jean-Paul Goode's Jungle Fever and the seminal album and basically only record by Azealia Banks, Broke With Expensive Taste. Uh, who are you, my little girly dolls? Hi. Hi. I'm Nick. I'm Chris. And we're from Thought Topics, babe. Hail hey, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Um, <sighs> I'm drinking my way through my second sparkling wine can of the night. Um, <laughs> We're drinking, sweating, and surviving. Yeah, I'm on the second shirt of the recording session. <laughs> yeah. Every time you finish a drink, you have to change a shirt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm changing my costume, changing it around. <laughs> Every time we podcast, it's like a one-woman show. You just keep doing outfit changes. Exactly. A reveal under a reveal under a reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode because I think this is a a big climax for the mutually unfolding dramas of both of our shows in real time. Um, Azealia Banks has been one of the major touchstones of our podcasting collaboration. And um, between us and Jack, we've touched on all of the drama. We've touched on Love Beats Rhymes. And now (laughs) I think as the final closing statement, we're going to finally talk about the actual accomplishment of her career broke with expensive taste but Mm -hmm. before we get there um i just want to say that thought topics has been such a delight um since our last episode together on um your show when we did the uh, azelia-thon i have listened to the entire show front to back and it is a genius soap opera (laughs) drama of you two and your relationship with the internet with each other with work with gay people and the psycho narrative of it is so exciting i love everything you do and you just did your hundredth episode which made me literally get teared up because i was so moved by the effort it takes for for all of it to happen i'm just so glad to have you both back yeah, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. No. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. I never thought that we would be podcasting for this long, and yet no. here we are. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, really, really, we've we've been in it since the beginning. Uh, you and your show and our show. It's mm-hmm. been a long, long, winding road. <laughs> yes, very long. <gasps> a lot of ups and downs, and we really have covered most of the Azealia ground. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, we've spent many hours talking about Azealia. Mostly all. the low points in her career. So I'm really yeah. excited to be able to gush over her from Me all too. angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's you know really exciting to me that like, um, you know, you started your show about six months before I did, and uh, I'm very privileged to have actually been a thought topic myself. Um, and the first time when you discussed uh, my episode, uh, Gay People and Branding with my friend Kyle, um, and that was uh, one of the first like big like uh, accomplishments of my career of, was like to be discussed by uh, such thoughtful <laughs> people. And uh, I mean, it's, it's really sweet to me that like since that point, we've been able to like keep um, you know, revisiting each other as we keep barreling forward into the medium without stopping once. No quitting. No stopping. Mm-hmm. Just no stopping. Podcasting. Except for a couple of weeks because I got tired. Yes, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really like, I mean, 
not to toot our own horns, but like toot both of our shows have gotten so much better. Right, literally. Like sometimes I, that's why whenever people come across our show, I always say don't listen to like the first ten episodes. Maybe it always really stresses me out when people do the thing that like. This has been, like, an inherited behavior from Jack because everyone thinks you should start from the beginning and listen to the whole way. And I'm like, please do not fucking do that with our show. No. Like, what you should do is scroll through the list and just find anything that you understand. Right. Anything that rings a bell at all. Uh Mm -hmm. And I feel like your, your medium has also kind of a similar quality where like you have if you start with like a, a reasonable entryway yeah then like the it's so much easier to listen to your show where like when it turns into something where it's like i've never heard of this movie before in my whole life mm-hmm. i've never mm-hmm. heard of this video game i've never heard of blah 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 like it's it doesn't even matter because then you're like already there mm-hmm. and you yeah. have like you've created such a rich tapestry of art it's beautiful. i know well i mean it's funny too because like my first season is so different like and it's very embarrassing when people are like oh I'm like going all the way through and like I have been able to convince myself that season one is good but I know (laughs) I wasn't like in my mode until like season two basically um and uh I salute everyone who gets through like the whole narrative but I I honestly do think like you should like find something you get and then from there you can spin out but like there is some bizarre incomprehensible garbage (laughs) that gets brought up on this program (laughs) honestly Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's really just, it's just a matter of um, honing this particular skill. I think it's a lot harder to talk and talk and talk and not sound completely retarded. Mm-hmm. And then people give you credit for it. <laughs> they have no um, fucking idea how much of a mental strain this is. The preparation. It really is. A lot. It's the a lot hours of, like, of time. The scheduling. We are recording across a fucking ocean. Like, you know. It's true. Yes. Many things have to be happening for this to be occurring in real time right now. Right. And um, that's why everyone has to pay me $5. <laughs> right. You have to pay us $4. I brought, <laughs> <laughs> I brought it down just for fucking you. Yeah. Uh, I um, was able to ship out two really disgusting peaches, pieces of merchandise recently. Uh-huh. We had, because um, we have a, a tier, let me plug. We have a tier <laughs> in our Patreon where you, if you give me $35, I, can, I will send you the merchandise of your dreams and it's one of a kind. Mm-hmm. I sent someone a hat with the Gap logo that says Gape instead. <gasps> and then I sent <laughs> someone with the, you know, it's Happy Bunny, the little bunny. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the t-shirts, yeah. It says, the only time that I'm liberal is when I'm lubing up my fist. Is that just a little like yellow bunny that like Latinas like, like to wear in elementary school? Yes, like the Rage yeah. Bunny t shirts. It's, it's in the same vein of like Paul Frank Monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Paul yes. Frank mm-hmm. Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't so thought weird. about her in forever. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That I big have to mouth. say, as well, like. Um, speaking of Jungle Fever. Speaking mm-hmm. of Jungle Fever, I have to say that like um, your, uh, your Patreon exclusive. Gay Little Monkey Hour is a critical element of your show, and if you're not listening, you're not even getting 1% of the story. You have yeah, to go monkey mode. You don't get it <laughs> if you're not in monkey town. And, right. and exactly. I, uh, exactly. Get I on those bars way. and start swinging yeah, from start tree to tree. Swinging. Join the circus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Open up that banana, bitch. Like, yeah. honestly. Crack it open. Crack it open. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my siren show is also uh, 100% critical to the narrative. If you're not listening... I'm making a point to say this like every episode. You have to start paying me money. Like you have right. to start listening mm-hmm. to the 
not bonus show, but the critical um, modernist comment that is the Siren show where we... It is just as essential. It mm-hmm. is. What did and we talk about I, this like, week? How many fucking hours do I have to put in for you fuckers to give me $4? Yeah. Is it that serious? God damn it. I mean, every fucking week I pour my heart and soul into this and no one gives a fuck. I mean, a couple of you give a fuck. But yeah. like, <laughs> way more if you look at the numbers, girl. I mean, the yeah. hours. 101 episodes. Give me $4. Give me $4, yeah, for this, For the price of a grande frappuccino from Starbucks, you can Less listen to... Less than that, to, really. Le- honestly, you can listen Adjusted to... Adjusted for inflation? Everything Nick thinks about Amy Therese. <gasps> dun, for dun, just, dun. $5. just five dollars, you could hear me talk about it at length at for length. twenty minutes. In the which death of Abe Shinzo. Cunt. What people we have blocked? Exactly. I've I've named names. I dragged <laughs> people through the streets. I've ripped out my hair and banged my head against the wall on air. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, it is. So let's yeah. talk All a little bit about on the topic of monkeys. Um, yeah. Jungle Fever by Jean-Paul oh. Good. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so um, I Speaking was really... Speaking down your block from tree to tree. Yeah, through the trees. I was really riveted <laughs> by this book when I was in college because it was at the time that Jean-Paul Good's paper magazine cover of Kim Kardashian came out. And I was so riveted by the photos, I wanted to learn everything I could about him. And I checked out this book from my university library. They had to ship it in from California... And I read uh, the entirety of uh, Jungle Fever in one sitting. It is a fascinating compilation of essays and uh, montage illustration and photography um, all about black people. And it's really something else. So I'm curious what you two, what your first impression of these photographs I shared with you were. Well, I mean, a lot of these photos specifically from this book are like kind of instantly iconic yes. and like have kind of been like in my, like on my radar for a long time mm-hmm. like specifically like the the process of constructing um the album cover for island island life mm-hmm. is that the name of it yeah the grace jones album cover like mm-hmm. kind of the obviously the champagne reference is like huge just specifically because of kim and mm-hmm. i think that was maybe like my primary point of entry yeah but grace jones in the cage like the animal cage is like always i've i recognize that photo um i feel like a lot of these images a lot of people reference like even within the past like five to ten years like you it's know what just I mean? very like, fashion it's very like kind of the it's represents a sort of bygone era of sleaziness that like when this kind of gets recreated by like modern like rags like paper magazine and like that kind of thing i do find that like people lose their mind when you go down this route mm-hmm. like this yeah. still really resonates with people of like this kind of really stark kind of like sexual but like weird like this kind of like it's composed in this odd way mm-hmm. uh, that always i feel like still really like shocks people and like sits with people weirdly and like <laughs> this is something that came up today but like the this like I, I guess it's like not really Instagram brandy anymore but that like that brand praying uh-huh. like their marketing always reminds me so much of this mm. <laughs> that kind of like weird stark sexual like odd positioning where like it's like not human right mm. that to me is like always like what sticks out about this yeah like Absolutely. this collection is just a very specific kind of like eroticism especially in fashion and again like you can just tell like based off of the small collection that like a lot of stuff now that comes out yeah feels like it references these images these photos and again and it's, it's just instantly recognizable you know it makes me think of like the madonna sex book yeah. and like this like that very like 
just weird like what situation could these people possibly be in and like mm-hmm. just this very weird like transcending the body yeah. kind of thing and also that everyone's so fucking oily yes yeah slick, sheen slick and wet yeah mm-hmm. i think that these photos are so sexy in such a disarming way and yes. um i think that people are definitely reactive to Jean-Paul Good because he um fully embraces what is quite literally a fetish like he um from a young age I, I was reading a little bit about him he had an obsession with black people he was fascinated by them he <laughs> is this like white little french man and he found like this major aesthetic interest in photographing them and these pictures are highly sexualized highly objectified like objectified so severely um that the body becomes like not even human but like this distended yeah. break apart of photos but the thing mm-hmm. is is that um when it comes to like worrying about like racism or anything like grace jones who was his like primary collaborator they had like a child together uh she loved this she loved being made into an art object and uh, this really feels like the climax of like so much like Western cultural baggage around like uh, relationships with like the other and with races you're unfamiliar with into this like mm-hmm. big final um, like aesthetic ejaculation, and it's so yeah. elevated that no matter how like uncomfortable you're made by the kind of like the race relations here, there's like something um, like so beautiful about the whole affair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's odd too because if you didn't know anything about Jean Paul Good, this particular book would just feel like it kind of has a lot in common with this sort of like Afrofuturism thing that's very popular now, yes. where it's mm-hmm. like the like the neck rings as fashion and like this like you know like do rags with a hundred mile train and like that whole kind of thing is like uh-huh. the like the fashion aspect of like these like very like stereotypical like black archetypes like are really really popular now and mm-hmm. if you didn't know anything about Jean-Paul Gaudet you would kind of think that this could be sprung from the mind of like someone who just has like a really like a, another black person who has like a lot of reverence for like Shea black Coulee. bodies and right. whatever yeah literally and that's what I love <laughs> yeah. about this because it's like the context really adds a lot when it comes to like I know. this kind of artwork and yeah. it's cr- it's really kind of crazy that he would just like not even think twice mm-hmm. and I think probably the Grace Jones endorsement made this what it's able to be Yes. Because I think without that, I mean, it's it would be very fucking weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is incredible that even, like, when this came out, which I think was, like, in, like, 1984 or something, I might be mistaken there, but it's, like, even then, this feels, like, really pushing the envelope. Like, um, yeah. it's really difficult to describe, like, just how, like, intense, like, these, like, racial images are, but they really, like, do evoke on so much, like... Um, I like, mean, yeah, like archetypal, like, archetypal imagery. Like you could absolutely never do this. This like greased mm-hmm. up, like supercharged black girl in a cage and being like she's an animal, and like having, and then also having that same girl in the cage being like, yeah, I tore it. Like mm-hmm. that is yeah. like so crazy and like just doesn't. There's not a, there's not a contemporary equivalent to that at all. Yeah, right. exactly. And like, like that, I think that, even when there is, like when things like broach on this a little bit, like recreations like the kim kardashian cover of for paper or like the um well when i think of when i see the the cage i think of stupid hope and Nicki Minaj. stupid hope is a hundred percent this and when you think about the backlash that that got from that kind of video she hits the leg too yeah no literally it's it beckons that and like it's yeah and that was from hype williams who 
is a black guy, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he is. That, like, entire direction still, like, evokes this, like, really weird, like, it just brings out a very strong reaction in people, which I think is why people still tend to lose their mind over this particular imagery mm-hmm. is because it's like everything else is so sanitized and this is so like wet dirty sexual raunchy, like nasty like, it seems like a lot of forbidden things are happening when it comes to this kind of like photo shoot and when exactly. it comes to these kind of projects and it's i like that i like things that make me uncomfortable i enjoy things that do that and that evoke yeah. that because you know it's interesting at the end of the day you know yeah, isn't it so like much fun like to be other... provoked by this kind of stuff like isn't it like yes. exciting yes. to like feel like a little scandalized like it's so mm-hmm. rare yes. for me to like Especially with just, like, the scale of, like, violence that is, like, depicted. I mean, like, in movies like like Us and, like, Get Out and, like, that kind of, like, black horror thing. Like, they just did that remake of, um, what's it called? Um, Candyman. The Candyman. Is that mm-hmm. it? Yes. Yeah. I heard that was horrible. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> no good. But, like, all of those Damn. movies, like, they depict, like, a lot of, like, you know, black violence and, like, destruction of, like, black people in, like, a really, like, visceral, grisly way. But it, because, mm-hmm. like, that scale has become so augmented it never really feels like truly provocative but then you look Mm -hmm. at these like photos of like grace jones in the cage like being stared upon like surrounded by like raw meat and just like the total commitment to unironic sexuality um really does like stir the soul yeah this is also a reason why grace jones is also just like an icon and this is like a quintessential like model you know what i mean it's like all about lupita grace alec and naomi it's all about that and i love that kind of like having that kind of aesthetic or having these qualities where it's like yeah I'm a fucking supermodel and that's yep. something again that we kind of really don't see today it's just like where Grace Jones is in this position but she's fucking giving she's serving and she looks amazing and you can see that kind of power in her especially in these kind of photo shoots and you that's know? the big difference between something like this and something like Get Out is that Get Out is designed to achieve a political end mm-hmm. and this to me is pure aesthetics and there's yeah. nothing about this that has any sort of reverence for like the mm-hmm. context of like how this might be perceived if you were like, gonna take like a racial theory lens to this uh-huh. right it doesn't matter because at the end of the day like the only thing that's happening here is like horny french guy sees this thing he's like totally like titillated by mm-hmm. and the like object of the photo is like yeah i'm from another planet and I'm sexy like yes. that whole thing that's crazy mm-hmm. like yes. who is doing that now yeah I mean you can't put it in a box you can't put this kind of project in a box like, and, like if Get Out was about being sexy oh my god can you <laughs> can Get you Out but being about sexy would tear like oh my god like oh, oh mm-hmm. god I would live for that like but I mean look, this first photo I, I've included which is also on the cover um, we talked about it a little bit but it's Grace Jones in the cage um, her leg is so fucking long it's insane. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. She's covered with, like, raw meat. She's on a stage. Uh, it reads, do not feed the animal. Um, but there's, yeah. like, a bunch of, like, bizarre kind of subversive elements in this photo. Like, there's a mic pointed at her, and there's yes. an yeah. audience watching as well. The audience, yeah. You can tell that the audience so is probably weird. all, like, white people. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, all, like, the back of white dudes' heads. Right, yes. exactly, yeah. Like, very... You can tell by a silhouette. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, but again, like, I love it. Because, again, Grace Jones, like, the face. The face that she's making is really, like, the center point of the picture, too. Like, this kind yeah. of feral... And to know that I don't know, she can't be had to have some sort of, like, way to steer this photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And for her to be able to be, like... Yeah, I'm going to be, like, ass out, titties out, in a cage. Bring out a whip. Bring out a mic. Like, the whole, yeah. like, the, uh, the, the idea of putting on a show and, I think, like, embracing this kind of, like, horny-ass, like... 
just like total acceptance of the fact that like there is a large there are swaths of the population who when they look at me see like a beast from hell that they want to fuck like mm-hmm. that is that's a crazy thing to like participate in yeah but i also think that like that is still like one of the few things that across like i kind of like identitarian art is like when people imp- like lean into that like it still is really shocking and crazy mm-hmm. yeah totally i, I mean what's so special to me about like this is um like when we were talking about Bruce Weber like two weeks ago um there was a it was really important that we like kind of like noted like the relationship between like the subject and the photographer because like there is like a layer of like genuine like trust and joy that's like produced in those photos and here Mm -hmm. there's like that tension you were just talking about where like Grace Jones and all the other people being photographed here aren't being, like, exploited. Like, they know that they are crawling into a cage that says, do not feed the animal. And the sort of, like, power it takes to fully embrace that archetype, um, completely, Mm -hmm. like, submit to the hundreds of years of, like, cultural stereotypes around, like, ethnicity, and then to create this so sexy, enticing, intimidating image, like... It takes so much willpower to be able to, like, deal with the cliche trope and stereotype that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, the island life cover for me is, like, so big for this, considering the fact that, like, that is compiled specifically of, like, um, John Paul Good, Good, whatever the fuck. He, like, combining literal, like, he takes, like, a million angles of her, combines limbs that are all facing the front, and, like, makes this insane pose of herself... And then on top of that makes, like, comically, like, huge tits and ass. Like, there's just kind of, like, like kind of, like, mammy shape that is, mm-hmm. like, so, like, threaded through so much of, like, like, the history of this kind of, like, particular look. And just leaning into it completely and being like, yeah, not only, like, this actually makes this so much more, like, fierce and sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that like with the champagne thing too, like the being able to like balance the martini glass on your giant ass is like crazy. <laughs> like I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Um I really love the Island Life cover and like his um like take on it in this book. He was really famous for this kind of like photo collage way where he would um take um undoctored photos of his subjects and then he would cut their bodies into literal pieces and then uh, distend and elongate them in bizarre ways and uh, I mean this is just something else it is unbelievable and it looks so natural and that's yeah. what's so freaky about it is that like you totally believe Grace Jones could just make this pose like this right. is just a normal ass picture of her right and that's what's so magnetic about her is that there's really no one like across fashion in general mm-hmm that could, like, ever embody this kind of... Like, there's really been no one after her who could swing something like this. No, like, maybe she's, Naomi. She's, like, a colossus in the fashion industry. Yeah. Like, she's so respected, and she can do the job. That's the thing. Is like, she that has a personality. She has the soul for this kind of thing. You the, know? Range. Yeah. the range. The if range, if you will. The range. <laughs> yeah. Naomi Campbell has been coming, on, coming up a lot recently, and she posed for um, Jean-Paul Good as well. Uh, she did a photo of her running with a bunch of cheetahs. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, just, like, running next to a cheetah. It's, like, oh, my God. I just, I I am so, I wish that, like, everyone had this, like, same nerve to, like, so fully lean into aestheticism and the erotic realm that they could pull off 
this insane thing, like, cutting up people's bodies and then, like, dragging them apart and, like, stretching them like taffy yeah. is and unheard making, of and, and then having the message be like, it. this is what black people are capable of, like, having right. this shape. Like, mm-hmm. that is such a crazy message to put across. It, it's really ultimate risk, ultimate reward. Yes. With this yeah. kind of thing. Like, again, like, it's, just having the balls to do this is crazy, you know? It like, is high fucking risk. And a lot of people just aren't going to make that risk, especially nowadays when things are a little bit more sensitive and there's a lot of eyes on you. What would anyone even sexualize world? anything? Like, there's no, like, Fuck, I like, think, like, it makes so much sense that, like, he had to, like, photograph, like, black people for, like, this book because, like, mm-hmm. it was, like, you know, the 80s and, like, finally, like, after, like, so many like years of repression like the you know fundamental like interest from like the white you know point of view about like the mysterious jungle black person like it was finally like becoming like a normal thing to like you know have sexualized like black women in public in a way that wasn't as degrading so i feel like this was the only time it could have ever happened and like now Mm. I don't think that there's any, like, demographic or, like, subject you could take that could evoke, like, the same kind of, like, cathartic, um, like, repossession of cliche in that way. Does that make sense? Yes. Agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that it made me think of is this painter that um, Harry Tafoya put on my radar recently, Uh uh, Whitfeder. Oh, yeah. she is, like, she's a trans painter who... She has did that, this that photo Caitlyn of, like, Jenner painter, it's right? It's Caitlyn Jenner manning a plane and then crashing a plane and the smoke is a gender reveal. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this kind of, like, that kind of irreverence for, like, the the critiques, like, levied, or, like, kind of, like, the stereotypes levied against, like, an entire, like, community of people, I do feel, like, kind of transcends that same boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that this is a lot more visceral, obviously, just because Jean-Paul is, like, so like skilled at this point mm-hmm. and something else that I read about this that I was kind of surprised by was that um, in Jean-Paul's advertising work like when he did like campaigns for people he did he never shot black people mm-hmm. like he only did it for these like photo book type things but like when he would be commissioned to work on like advertorial campaigns for fashion brands or whatever he wasn't shooting this because this was like the primary fixation of his whole life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, his, like, number one, like, sexual, like, psyche hang-up was, like, having this, like, obsession with black people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I love that, like, he was able to, like, uh, mm-hmm. delineate, like, his interests, like, so much that he was able to, um, like, mm-hmm. create, like, a real, like, final artistic, like, product um, about mm-hmm. his own fixations. Um, I do like his advertising uh, images a lot. He did a uh, campaign for Chanel Chance, the fragrance... I'm showing it to you here. Isn't this cute? Oh, gorgeous. It's so fucking cute. I know. I love the eyes to the side, too. I know. It's so interesting. She's uh, like just looking. I don't know. There's something like uncanny and like kind of like bizarre about all of his pictures. I don't know. I don't know there like what element it is, but. Right. Like very surreal. Very like. What's that term for when things are human-like, but they're not actually human? Uncanny. Uncanny. Yeah, uncanny. and then the, the yes, fr- like the uncanny, the uncanny valley. valley. Yeah. Yes, anything along that line, I'm actually very excited about. Like, I Me love too. seeing shit that feels like so unreal. Something that gives discomfort, because even discomfort is is an emotion that's worth evoking in art. I think. Of it's, course. It's very What's the number yeah. one most important thing to evoke in art? Yeah, discomfort provocation mm. being upset these are the three yeah. most critical things for me in any work of art is i want to be a little pissed off yes. exactly mm-hmm. and that's the that's the hard line to walk for this is that i think um 
shock for shock's sake, I think is trotted out a lot, particularly like, I mean, like specifically right now, like Mm -hmm. I think everyone knows the exact buttons to push. And in a way there's almost like, okay, buttons to push. Mm -hmm. Like there's things that are like, always going to create a certain like oh I can't, I can't believe blah 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 yep. and like this is just such an untouched area mm-hmm. and su- like a place that like really like nobody is going like at yeah. this point like if someone was to make like a like, a, like a, a project of this length and of this level of effort and it's me being like I'm a, I'm a French pervert who <laughs> is obsessed with like taking pictures of like in, like insane alien photos of nude black checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. It would, it, that would be like people would be like it wouldn't even be pissed. It'd be like you couldn't make it. It was perfect mm-hmm. time and place for this people kind of thing. People would be shut down, right? Right. Yeah. Like yeah, we and, can see that we see the molecules of some something similar, like what you said with the Caitlyn Jenner painting. But again, like to that level, nothing at that extent. Nothing. Yeah, we can just and, get, yeah get things like mm, getting like excited about like being able to work in just a little bit mm-hmm. of like. There's, like, either cheap shock that's, like, okay, like, thanks, whatever. And then there's, like, things that are, like, completely banal and stupid. But then you feel like they're trying to sneak in one little hint at, of something right. you. Mm-hmm. That's, like, like, the that's whole system have, now. Like, yeah, you have to, like, yeah. cherry pick that kind of moment from culture right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I think, like, the shock for shock's sake, like, definitely, like, carries on to this day. But it, um, it's become, like, so systemized and, like, routine that it just doesn't feel anything like these photos do because when you look at these you know it is shock for shock's sake but it's also for the sake of him exercising and revealing his fetish on this grand photographic scale um and that mission alone is is so alien to today's art makers that like yeah my god i mean i'm looking at this one on the 11th page of the google doc i sent you um that has uh this young black man uh, like reaching up the shirt of like a sleeping white lady. Yes, mm. on the couch. I love this one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, seriously, it's crazy. Like it just is crazy. And like, I that one and the the final one in the Google Doc where it's like these stares of these like ginger and like brown hair dudes and like straight up like gorilla blackface masks. Yeah, and then and then Grace Jones being at the top of the pyramid, and they're like literally bowing to this person. Yeah, literally, and it's insane. And like, it's the visual. It's like the staircase. It's, it's just it's almost breathtaking. You know, I want someone to do this for trans chicks. I was just thinking <laughs> the same thing as well. Like, there has to be like some interesting way that like trans women could pull this off. But I'm I've yet mm-hmm. to see it. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that painter earlier because I was so riveted by that Caitlyn Jenner imagery oh, of her it's crashing amazing. the plane. It's so fascinating. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the like question around like heterosexual men's interest in like T girls is still like so unactualized that there is 100% like a artist who's going to be able to make something compelling out of that, but it has to be like a straight guy photographer. Cause like whenever trans girls get their reins, like, Oh my god, my liberated big Kim Petras tits, you know, like <laughs> Do you know right, what I'm exactly. talking about? It's like you can't yeah. make this book for gay guys. Like what you no. have oh. to do is have it be like the most like male gaze ass. Like I want it to be like I just I, I'm trying to think of like a trans girl cool enough to be the Grace Jones. It's difficult. Pariah the doll. 
<laughs> right. right, exactly. Pariah the doll. <laughs> She's the perfect one. I want Pariah to meet up with Terry Richardson. Yeah. And Kay- <laughs> Caitlyn yes. Jenner sprawled on a couch nude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's Caitlyn Jenner, yeah. 100%. I want to, like, my, I have a lot of, like, uh, photographic impulses. I'm not really a photographer, but I have, like, images I want to make. So, like, when I did, like, my photo shoot of, like, me in the trash bags with all the books, like, I knew exactly how I wanted that to look and I got it how I wanted it to. And, yeah. like, now, like, my next photographic mission is I want to get Caitlyn Jenner and Pariah the Doll in full, like, 30-meter-long kimono on the top of Mount Fuji embracing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> my God. Right? Like, gorgeous. That's what I want gorgeous. to do. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. And then, I, and then I want Amina Banks with sprawled arms. <laughs> yes. Yes, Amina Over, Banks like, on the, the face of the, the mountain on the rock. Seven-story-tall Jesus figure. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh god. I want. I want macrophilia of like Amina Banks on top of Tokyo, just like sitting on it. Like let's absolutely go. Yeah. It's seriously. long overdue. Need it's to make it happen. <laughs> um, I, I see really... it in the future. I really do think that like that is what's gonna be like the thing that like makes people not so like piss babyish about like trans stuff. Like specifically uh-huh. with trans girls. Like if you make it like hot and you make it dangerous and you make it clubby and sexy and whatever, Mm -hmm. I really think that that's the only way out because the kind of like neutered, like focus on like the medical and the focus on the like very sanitized, like I'm, I don't fucking know. Like I'm just, I'm just like you and me, you know, whatever. Like I think by like leaning into difference and by leaning into like this whole thing of like, I mean, that's the same, like, the only good gay art that's ever been produced is when you're like, oh, I'm like a depraved slut, and my entire life is fighting against that impulse, mm-hmm. and being able to contain it or not contain it, like, that is, like, the thing that, like, you have to lean into in order to make anything worthwhile, like, saying anything meaningful about who yes. you are as a person. You have to be, you know, brazen in that way, and unfortunately, it's, like, what we get instead is, like, pit crew. Like, we get, like, that fucking pit crew. I fucking you know, pick crew. Fucking pick crew. Fucking pick it's like, crew. <laughs> we're showing how gay men can be just as feminine and as delicate. Shut as a up, woman. fat ass! Like I don't fucking care. It's like, yeah, it's literally some fat bitch in like fruit of the loom underwear and like, like a sunflower oh. in his hair and like bubbles in the back. I'm like, this is I, fucking gay. I hate when people like that talk. Literally, or it's yeah. like some dude with like his ass out in a tub full of milk. Right. I mean, I was listening to you two talk about the Fire Island movie a few episodes back, and it's like. What a missed opportunity. Someone should, should have just done, like, an adaptation of Larry Kramer's Faggots with the Nazi fisting, like, the, like, leather, like, piss hole craters. It like, it, the I, first scene should have been Joel Kim Booster pissing getting, in, in, in Bowen Yang's butt. It should have been, like, him getting fisted by a skinhead and then, like, having a prolapse and, like, dying out on the shore. Like, yeah. that's the movie I want to It's a 30-minute movie that involves <laughs> me being, like, gutted like a sock puppet yeah. and no, it's, dying it's, on the beach. It's five hours long. The first well, hour is the fisting, and then the rest of the four hours is dying on the beach. Like, right, right, yeah, literally. Exactly. So, what a fucking missed opportunity. Instead, right. it's, like, a journey about friendship. Like, yeah, who gives a fuck? I'm not Ugh. friends with any gay people. They're all right here. I don't understand when people make it produce something that they know is not going to stay. I'm saying. Like, you have the budget for something, and then you have the creative output for it. Like, you got Hulu money, and you didn't make, like, Prolapse the musical? And you're making That's a crazy. <laughs> Fire Island the movie. That's uh, a missed fucking opportunity. Right. To put in a joke. A dumb joke every five seconds. A yeah. good one. And, like, the Fire Island bit that you're doing is, like, they're rich. I'm, quote unquote scare quotes, poor. And we, they don't think I'm hot enough to fuck. Like, 
the most boring, banal shit that you could possibly explore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When instead, what you should do is being like, I literally cannot make it from the restaurant back to the Airbnb without shit falling out of my ass. Right. I mean, you know? seriously, wouldn't it be so <laughs> like, like refreshing to like see like a Larry Kramer film that's like full of like fecal matter, like is completely. I mean, this is honestly why I think people are so like this reappearance of like faux homo- like homophobia is coming up again is because like yeah. before like in the 70s and 80s gay men painted a repulsive image of themselves every single piece of gay art through the AIDS epidemic is not cute it is no right full of shit diarrhea the shit, rectal blood, zone needles um, um dick and ass glitter anal tearing <laughs> glitter, glitter. <laughs> right exactly which can be depraved in of itself absolutely and- <laughs> I mean, come on. And now, like, that everybody is, like, trying to cover it up or, like, even Grinder is like, hey, girl, are you going to the Drag Race night tonight? It's exclusive <laughs> tickets to watch the fucking planet. Like, that whole thing is, like, it's, it's so Everyone evil. remembers. <laughs> everyone remembers who you were 10 years ago. Right. Like, why are you right. lying? Yeah. And pretending that you're, like, you just, like, have a job now. Yeah. Nina West isn't real. Like, we, do not buy into the illusion of Nina West, we need to go the Nina other West direction. Is a hologram. We all have to go stand Sherry Pie. Everyone has to follow her on Instagram. We gotta promote Sherry Pie is the last drag queen on earth. I could definitely get Sherry Pie on my podcast. I have yes, been trying. Could. I have sent and her five fucking emails to come on my show and do mommy dearest Chi Especially like She's in the disclaimer scared. of our e- our email would be like, you are not allowed to say sorry once. No, I was like, the only rule of coming on my show is that if you apologize, you apologize. even one time, we're not fucking. I'm going about to it. kill myself on on the air. Yeah, and blame in you. front of yeah. you, and I'm gonna bleed out of my throat, and you're gonna have to call the police because I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> and you don't know where I live. And then you'll actually have to apologize. <laughs> and then you'll have something to actually apologize. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't believe you're a casting director, but I will kill myself in front of you. Yeah, that entire scene, real gay art. Yeah, no, and then we release real. that Zoom call. That's gay art. That's I was live streaming it the whole time. She didn't yeah. even know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, you don't even realize. This is what I'm talking yeah. about. Is like this complete embracement of bizarre perverseness and you know putting it on a grand scale artistically curating it making it so irresistibly beautiful and enticing if you can kind of approach your own like erotic sensibilities that way like Jean-Paul like Jean-Paul French names Jean-Paul who? Jean-Paul who? But seriously, like, if you can create, like, this kind of transcendental imagery out of your perversion, like, my God, we, everyone has to be reaching for this. You have to go all the way with it. No turning exactly. back. Exactly. Yeah. I think perverts have to embrace their perversion, and I think the subjects of perversion need to embrace how fun it is to be the subject I don't want to hear perversion. any whining about being sexualized by exactly. any... Exactly. No fucking whining. Yeah. I don't want to hear some, one word. Not a fucking mm-hmm. word. It's like, oh, I'm too hot. I've, too many people want to fuck me. I don't care. Wow, sounds care. really hard. That sounds really that hard sounds for you. So hard. As Dasha says, muses get bruises. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is like in Japan, a lot of, you know, foreign gay men are always like, I don't want to date a Japanese guy who only likes foreigners. Like, I'm just, I'm not a sex object. And like, bitch, why not? I want to be a sex object. Oh my god. Right. Treat me like a slut. What the fuck? Treat Little dirty like bitch. Slut. I love to fuck. Treat me like a slut. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go harder. I want to come faster. <laughs> I want to last longer. It's more likely than you think. It's more likely than you fucking think, girl. Yeah. It's more likely than you think. And like, all, all, and how hard is it to see the fucking motive? Like when people are like, 
oh, like, Japanese guys only want to fuck, like, white dudes who are, like, imports. It's like, they're trying to outsource the fact that it's very difficult to be gay. If you can outsource the gayness onto, like, racial, like, interest, like, that's so much easier to be like, I'm attracted to white people. Well, no, it's not that you're attracted to white people. It's that you're a fucking faggot and you don't want to grapple with that. Right. It's very easy to outsource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that I would love to be in the eyes of, like, some beautiful Japanese twink. I would absolutely love to be Grace Jones for him. Why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, what is, of like, course. the... What, I mean, I, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm not, like, going to be, like, going into a cage. That's not going to work. Am I supposed to be, like, playing baseball in a cheerleader <laughs> outfit or something? Like, what is it supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No bra, no panties, but I'm in yeah. a cheerleader outfit playing baseball. <laughs> Just free-balling. <laughs> Is this what I'm supposed to wear when you play baseball? I put on a tight mini skirt and I do jumping jacks. Now, see, I just had another <laughs> photographic urge. I want to get in the fucking cheerleading outfit and go play baseball. Go play baseball. Literally. Uh, playing oh. catch with my girly. Playing catch with my girly. <laughs> <laughs> One time we were playing a Wheel of Fortune on Switch, and we could have sworn that the puzzle was playing catch with my girly, that we guessed it, and it wasn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so to this day, we just say, we're just playing catch it with was our like, girly. It was like keeping watch with my... Hi. Are you leaving? I'll see you guys. I'll see I you. love her outfit. Yes. It's a great outfit. Shway. I had a double check. I was like, what is Indigo wearing? <laughs> the Hooters top. The Hooters top is amazing. With Expensive Taste is Azealia Banks' 2014 debut proper LP. Up until this, she had done um, the Fantasy Mixtape and the 1991 EP. But this was her big moment. This album uh, had been delayed for years and years. Uh, She had been developing it since uh, 2011, uh, moved from Interscope to Polydor Records, uh, and ultimately didn't even release it through any of them. Uh, and the long-haul spread of this album, the complete eclectic sound of it, the absolutely unhinged budget, everything came together to create a piece of art so severe and so intense on how much cultural archetypes it draws on that it is truly one of the titans of contemporary art. Agreed. Fucking exactly, girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, thank Ditto. you. That's all. See Same. you. Hi, <laughs> John. Right. That's, <laughs> that's all there is. That's all there needs to be said. Be okay. 
fucking wet. Okay. Be wet. Okay. Be wet. Be wet. Be wet. Now. <laughs> Be wet. Fast. Right. Harder. Right now. <laughs> Harder. <laughs> Longer. Um, Be wet. Broke with extensive taste. Came out of my birthday. That's really. Right. It was the best day of my fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was a surprise drop. Mm-hmm. She blacked mm-hmm. out her social media, like, I think a day or two before. But at this point, we had been waiting for the album so long that it never seemed like it was going to materialize. Even when she was, like, fully promoting it, like, a day before, like, the surprise drop or whatever, still seemed impossible, didn't believe it. And then all of a sudden, November 7th, 2014, Zach Langley chi is a freshman in high school in rainy Oregon, and I buy that fucking album on iTunes. And mm-hmm. everything changed. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And how, girl. And what? Yeah. I <laughs> How did you feel when it existed? It was one of those albums that came out where I was like, this is a part of my daily rotation now. Mm-hmm. I literally felt like I was being trolled. Like I when I saw that it was like available to actually like stream and listen to and it was there, still didn't believe it. I was like, there's no fucking way. Yeah. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Because this was after years of Starting and stopping. Do you remember before Be Wet even came out, she had announced her second album, which still is not out, called Business and Pleasure. Business and Pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was, like, talking about, like, the rollout strategy for Business and Pleasure. And we were like, you you have not put out anything since 20-fucking-12. 2012. And it was like, we got, like, one little single or one little, like, beef or whatever. We're hanging on for dear life. We wanted anything. And then it was Heavy Metal and Reflective first. Yep. And then the album came. Yes. Best day I of my life. I was mm-hmm. in awe. Because like you said, um, we had gone through the media circus, um, eating the peanuts like the little monkeys in the audience. And mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was degrading to be an Azealia Banks fan. Because all she did was get in trouble, make up a scene, and she lived in this delusional fantasy realm, which uh, is a very bizarre one, by the way. Her little dreamscape that she runs away to, like Chris Chan and Quickville, is honestly unhinged. And when this album finally materialized and is just a perfect depiction of her kooky little noggin, it felt unreal. I was yes. shaking, like literally like quivering listening to it for the first time. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could have sucked. Yeah. That's what's so crazy about this album, is that this could have been like the hype machine for years. I mean, yeah. 212 came out in what, 2010? Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Some shit like that. And like, mm-hmm. by the time she finally like materialized for real, I was like, and when this came out, I was like, there's no, there's no way. Like, I'm sure that she just like has been talking about like all these songs existing and they don't actually exist. And this has not been like some thing she's been working on for the last couple of years. She's been like eating sushi and like sucking dick in the studio and whatever. There's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally was there, and not only was it there, but it was, like, incredible. the most incredible, eclectic, like, what? just the, me- the, the the risk she takes and the dumb shit she does. And, like, it's perfect. It's what, perfect. What a collection of songs. Honestly. What a collection of songs to really show who you are as Azealia Banks. Every corner of Azealia Banks. In a way, it's kind of not a surprise that she hasn't put out very much since this, because it's kind of one of those situations where like as an artist, I feel she said what she needs to say. Yeah. She honestly never needs to release another album because this is such a full 
statement. This it will never exit the gay consciousness. No, no, no. Because, I mean, this includes the entire gamut of her personality, of her bizarre hang-ups and interests, of all of her talents. Every single air, like angle of her character is on perfect display here. And that's why I totally agree. We, like, don't need anything else from her. Yeah, like, the bizarreness of it, the behind-the-scenes, like, pulling teeth to get it to, on streaming services. Like, yes. all of that is also quintessential Azealia Banks, you know? And the, it's the, the whole experience. put out since this... I mean, we've had hits. I mean, we got Anna Wintour. We Anna got Treasure Wintour. Island. Treasure Island. Big, big Treasure beat. fucking island. Treasure big, big Island. Beat. Picture me on but a jet ski. even since then, like, there's a hollowness mm-hmm. at the center of what she's done since then. Yeah. That just feels like she is doing fan service. And not even fan service for her gay fans, but, like, is trying to prove that she can do other shit that she didn't already do on the debut. Mm-hmm. And for B-Wet to have covered so many bases in 16 songs. Mm-hmm. Like I always, for, I always forget that Nude Beach A Go Go is still on that set list. Nude so Beach A Go Go. Like that Starring is on the Ariel album. Pink. What the fuck? I can't. And That's it what, came yeah. out before the Ariel Pink song that she was covering. Yep. <laughs> That's not even her song. And then Pom Pom came out like three months after. It was like not Holy even. Shit. Like, it was like a cover of a song that didn't yet exist. Yep. She's crazy for it. She's crazy for it. I'm in, in love with her. In love. And this is one of those things where, like, the scale of this project and how successful it was is, like, when people are like, ew, you like Azealia Banks? Like, wh- how? Like, why are you still whatever? It's like, this, like, when you make something even half as good as this, then we can talk. Yeah, I have, an, I have a marriage to Azealia Banks. Till death do us apart. Absolutely. Through good mm-hmm. and through no bad. No matter what retarded shit she says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, she gives yep. me what. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. how I felt as well. And... Just to kind of give, like, a vague background to this, she had definitely, like, hit a node of success with 212 and lightly with some of the 1991 tracks. Like, she was prominent enough that, like, people, like, kind of cared. They were, like, interested. Um, Mm -hmm. And had she, like, released um, this album, like, two years earlier, the conversation would have been so different. But um, instead, she spent um, about four to five years honestly just stealing shit off of the internet downloading it rapping on top of it and then just seeing how far she could go with it and the fact that it all coalesced into a product that you can purchase and none of the songs have like gone out of rights or something like you can still buy this album (laughs) is insane it's absolutely true Mm -hmm. the fact that the fact that her approach to songwriting was scouring the internet for club hits of basically the 90s and early 2000s and not even club hits but like very obscure like dance music that had Mm -hmm. come out in that range of time just rapping writing a whole song over a song that already existed and then emailing them and being like hi i made your song better and then they all agreed yeah (laughs) they were like yeah you did and then i'll give you the full rights to it this is what happened with like licorice Pineapple Crush, the beat to Licorice, which is not on this album, had existed since, I don't even know, like 2005 oh my or something. God. It's an old ass beat. And when she found that beat, she was like, I'm just going to make a song over this. And then Loan was like, this is perfect. Yeah. This is exactly what I would have pictured for this song and gave it to her. Wow. And in the same way, like these like white boy producers who were making like the beat for Idol Delilah and the beat for like fucking Miss Amore, like all of those had been making the rounds on SoundCloud and like DJs and whatever, like house nights and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. She just 
ripped these beats, wrote songs over them, and literally sent an email saying, here's what I've recorded. Say yes or no if I can have this. That's what I love about her. Like, the groundwork it takes. Like, Unbelievable. The, the star quality of, like, I made your song better and people clearing it. Yeah. And Only because Azealia. she did, because she has that kind of fucking power. Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar. Honestly, like, the reason I wanted to pair, like, um, Jean-Paul Good with um, Azealia Banks' Broke with Expensive Taste is because, like, they are both singularly perverse in, like, really strange ways and took, like, a triumphant amount of ego and self-assurance to actually, like, create. Like, the willpower and gutsiness and balls, which has honestly been, like, most of Azealia Banks' downfall, like, since this album, like, came together perfectly and, like, successfully one time on this damn record. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. It was literally like an asteroid and a planet brushing past each other in the night. It yes. was like the once in a lifetime, like, like, co- like near collision of satellites, and it will never happen again as long as we're alive. No, yeah. <laughs> like it just no. won't. Well, and I... that is the singularity of this fucking album. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the actual music here. Let's get into it. Um, yes. In my mind, this album is kind of like in like three or four pieces, um, and like each one kind of having like its own sound. Like the first four tracks being like kind of like this um like jazzy like neo space like house thing, uh, and then like from two one two to like BBD, it's like you know the big party club music. Uh, then she does, like, real rap for two songs, uh, and then she, like, goes all the way into outer space with, like, these absurdist, um, celestial house songs, um, that go, you know, goes to, like, cosmic guitar music before, like, uh, climaxing in this, like, big will to power, but, um, the first song in this is Idol Delilah, which, when I put this song on, when I first pressed play on my iTunes gave me fucking chills because this is unlike anything else you've ever heard. Honestly. Yes. She paired Idol Delilah. If you recall, it's with the, the book. It was like poetry or like a fable. Her, her little fucking it was like the fable Idol Delilah book. fable that uh-huh. she's going to put out about like this girl who like lived by the river. And like, it was like some, it was complete. It was so half baked and so stupid. And it, just knowing that that exists makes this song so much better. Yeah. Because she wrote a fable for a song that features the line, the puss deeper than the, than the, than the three Fugees. <laughs> than the deep the blue sea. The puss deeper than the deep blue sea as well. <laughs> oh my God. And she was like, this is a story about a little girl who went to the well. And like, <laughs> I mean, it is fucking stupid. Sounds clear to me. Yeah, there's, um, during this era, like, after, like, Broke with Expensive Taste, and everyone was like, oh, whoa. I think, like, Pitchfork gave this, like, best new music as well. Like, everyone took her seriously for about a year. And so when she yes. would, like, be a messy little bitch on Facebook and be like, the Broke with Expensive Taste fable novelization is coming out soon. And then she posts, like, a fucking extract of it that's unedited, typos, no commas, and then Pitchfork was, like, reprinting it. This yes. is insane. She, like, posted it to Facebook, and it was, like, it was, like, 1,300 words. <laughs> it's so crazy. And, like, like music publications, like, like 
like fucking like the shade room or like like the proto like grape juice whatever the fuck like those people used to literally be like running with this shit because people were waiting on her fucking every word that's what i was gonna say like back then people were waiting to see what she was gonna breathe or like what was she what was she gonna say like anything that came out of her mouth people were ready for you know do you love idol miss delilah i love idol miss delilah idol miss delilah well my favorite part about this is that it starts like this like really like glitchy like kind of um I mean, it really is a perfect start to the album. It's, like, this, like, broken down, like, electronic echo of, like, some kind of, like, jazzy, tropical club thing with, like, a vibraphone. Um, And, like, when this, like, gets to the end and there's suddenly monkey sounds. Like, literally monkeys, like, hooting and hollering. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. That's so fucking nuts to me. And my favorite part of the song is that she, the line is about whether or not Idol Delilah likes cream in her coffee. Uh-huh. And then she goes, Idol Miss Delilah, darling, do you like beige in your... <laughs> she goes, beige, in se- because beige to her is a synonym for cream? Sure, girl. Sure. sure. Yeah. Do you like beige in your coffee? Some- <laughs> I don't question something to that some shit. Yeah, I don't question anything she says. Uh, I like that this song is like kind of distantly tragic, and she's like asking... I don't miss Delilah if she's gonna kill herself like um one of the most riveting narrative threads of this album to me is the self-doubt because throughout this album she is constantly um narrating her mental breakdowns and her proximity to just toppling right over the edge and like her self-doubt and her kind of expression of like uncertainty in her own artistic prowess it's very like i don't know it's it's surprisingly touching and human to see her like keep revisiting that theme like throughout the whole record yeah Mm -hmm. yeah no i agree it's such a weird opener and for someone who spent the previous years of her career basically making like bad bitch like hype Uh songs for the most part like i mean there's really nothing on fantasy that even like breaches on the emotional like there's nothing in that and like 1991 is all like swaggering around i'm sexy rap Mm -hmm. bitches suck you know whatever and like a lot more polished yeah yeah and like for for broke with expensive taste to open with this like weird ass like it's literally like bongos and monkey noises yeah and And havana (laughs) and literally it was it's such a crazy thing to be like this is the thing that people have been waiting for five years Mm -hmm. to hear and, and she was like, is. this is it. Yeah. Monkeys ooh, ah, hooting ah. and hollering. Ooh, ah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then God. this goes right into Gimme a Chance, which is like a very clear like continuation of it. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, th- these are like definitely sister songs. Uh, this has what I originally thought was like, like a Japanese person sampled. I don't know what it is. Though. Oh, it does kind of sound like... um those kind of like uh like city pop songs that everyone's obsessed with right now uh-huh yeah <laughs> which is Give me a that's chance. the way that i love can go this like jeopardy like tone like. when we yeah. saw her live she did the most half-assed choreography her ever. choreo for that she song and she had two dancers and that's all they did they go and everyone like screaming people were living for it 
Oh, I would have lost my fucking mind. If I I have never seen Azalea Banks live. You've seen her multiple times, right? Twice. Yeah, mm, I've seen her once, and I got robbed of the, of the first time. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh. I saw her two times, but the second time was far better. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, my friend saw her at those like New York shows, and apparently the venue was really poorly ventilated and it smelled bad. I'm sure it smelled bad. I'm ventilation sure or not, ventilation <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with it. Nothing. They were like, "Oh, the ventilation! It's so bad." I'm like, "No, it's because that one in Brooklyn smells like shit." <laughs> I will oh, say yeah. that when we were when we were leaving the Azalea Banks concert, everyone was like looking at each other like they just got back. It's from true. somewhere else. We were like, like No, it was very disor- it was the most disorienting experience leaving the venue because everyone was also disoriented and that's how you know it was a fucking good show. I, I mean there's felt no like my way we were not on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I saw her performing, I don't think my brain could process it. She has lived inside my phone for like twelve years. Um, you know, I had her phone number for a little bit, as most cunts get at least once in a while. And mm. I've spoken to her a few times on the phone, on the on the Love lower that. ring ring. And oh, I nice. still can't process her as a real human being. That's so funny. It was crazy seeing her in person. I've kept enough critical distance from her. We've DM'd a few times. Right. <laughs> but for very, very minimal when descriptions. When she uh, famously commented, ha-ha, about Dasha Necrosova to you. <laughs> you being like, go on Red Scare. I was like, go goes, on Red Scare, go on Red Scare. And then she fought with the Red Scare girls. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. I was No, I went, Azealia. And then she went, ha ha. Diva behavior. What I like about Give Me a Chance um, is that this has a uh, one of her really special qualities, which is her singing in Spanish. Um, Yes. And the way she sings it (laughs) is like the most hilarious approximation of the Spanish language I can imagine. I imagine she's okay, but just like the vibe of it and like the sudden switch up in the beat, to me, it's very like. Um, El Taco Enchilada de Riva or something like Completely. that. Completely. Like, Don't install a biblioteca. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was vi- I, mean, I will say it's better than Salchichon. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything's better than that. But it's true. still it's still very special to hear her like just <laughs> just totally switch and like also bring in this like weird like mariachi Mariachi horn. band. Yeah. And then <laughs> Like why? Rosa Soca Cosa. And what, what her reasoning is because what she had like she, Cuban nannies or something? Is that what she always says? Bitch, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. I don't buy like, it. I don't even buy that. Her Spanish, her Spanish is fun to me. It's a fun Spanish. It's Domino's fun pizza. Spa- it's a fun version of yeah. Spanish. Yeah. Domino's pizza, papi. Domino's pizza, papi. Yeah, I like her. <laughs> I like her imagination of other cultures, and this is something else that goes back to like the the good book. Is that that like the good book? The good book. (laughs) It's like he also has like a that total just um, blasting eye for culture, where it's like you're not you're looking at an impression of a culture, not the real thing. So when she's like singing in Spanish, like Espanol, it's like it's like the fantasy of a Mexico. It's not a real Mexico. I love it. And that was also like one of the Mm -hmm. the points that they made in the Pitchfork review of this album, which was that like this is what you'd hear driving down the block in Harlem. And it was like, no, it no, it isn't. It was like you can hear Harlem. 
<laughs> what? Like, what do you mean? They're like, this is the sound of New York. And it was like the dumbest <laughs> fucking. Sh- I was like, what? you mean like Azealia Banks like approximating a, a Hispanic accent? Yeah. Like, it's just not. It's so fucking retarded. Uh, like, Del Enchilada via Taco. Like, are you fucking kidding? It's like not <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The sound of New York. That checks out. <laughs> sound not... of the world. Yeah. <laughs> okay, is this just the sound of New York? Maybe I actually want to go there. Like, you know, maybe. Right, then if, maybe I'd want to live in New York. If, if everyone was, like, was speaking total... Spanglish. Yeah, if everyone is speaking <laughs> Spanglish. English, um, with mariachi horns following them as they like marched around imagining fables in a complete state of delusion. There's like a fire hydrant doing a perfect sprinkler. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes Jesse J walking right, down yeah, the exactly. street in the midsummer as the you know fire extinguishers <laughs> explode in heart. Jesus Christ. Desperado. Right, yeah. Desperado. Desperado. We've been waiting for Azealia Banks. Azealia Banks. Waiting. waiting. For Celia Banks. Banks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this and JFK a lot. There's like something very like spooky yeah. and like I love ethereal. Desperado. Desperado's amazing. Like the haunted kind of like piano keynotes going in. I'm like I just love it. It's so right. sinister. Yeah, and then she comes sinister. Yeah. Um, it's a great song. Yeah, and then she just segues right into a fucking killer flow. I love when she Uppercut. just literally, like, she doesn't have a hook. She just lets the sample carry it. Yeah. yeah. That's how I do my thing. Desperado. Yeah. Ayo. Desperado. Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was the coolest thing that has ever happened when I first heard this song. And I felt like I was, like, being treated to a revelation. Like, hearing someone yeah. put this on their record. I never heard anything that was, like, so many, like, different, um, like, interstitials between, like, house music like this ethereal club stuff hip totally. hop mm-hmm. it was just like everything connecting at once it's really incredible this is when things yeah. started to like kick in for me because idol delilah and give me a chance are so jarring and so uh-huh. weird that i was like what the fuck is happening and yes. then when desperado hit i was like oh i know what's happening i yeah. get it mm-hmm. i was like mm-hmm. i'm actually i get it and i'm scared yeah the medicine set in yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i don't i don't like it i don't, yeah, like, I don't, it don't like it i'm and scared it, I didn't like it. I loved it. I did. I, right. And I knew. <laughs> I lived it. Uh, and I then JFK it. comes on. And, okay, this is one of, like, the... This song, to me, sounds like a lot of uh, some of, like, the back half stuff, like, with, like, loan production. But, like, um, I don't know what it is about this, but there is also something, like, really, like, haunting and so atmospheric. Like, you get such a perfect yeah. vision from this. And it's also five fucking minutes long. This is my yes. least favorite song on the whole album. I agree. Really? It's so long. Yeah. I hate this song. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. I mean, I hate it for Azealia. Um, I don't like the feature. Theo Dillapinas, oh. London. Whoever the fuck and that guy is. Dillapinas. Dillapinas. <laughs> Philo Dillapinas, London. Yeah. And um, I don't like that. And I don't. I like the hook. I like that. I don't miss Iconitas. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I think I really don't like and the she song tried to call that back. opera? No. She was like, I sing opera on JFK. I was like, no, you don't. When we were talking about her Spanish accent, she does like a Spanish opera. Like a, That's what people make uh, fun of her. The yeah. Hey there. Hey there. Because she'll do that in Spanish <laughs> yeah. too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I JFK like this song. The song. It's the worst song on the album. I like this more than um, <laughs> BPD. <gasps> BPD. I... <laughs> Tits out with your wife. I'm bringing out the dyke in a. <laughs> what I like about this is, um, I don't know, it's so atmospheric. It's so long and bizarre. And I like the. the dun, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very vogue It's like cute. There's nothing wrong with it, okay. but in it's just I don't. 
compared to the way that I am smacked across the face, curb stomped with all my teeth on the street, uh-huh. just fucking fisted in the ass by every other song on here, this to me was just like, I had a nice time. I know. Okay. Like, I appreciate Exilia when she can, like, induce that anxiety within me to the point where I have to, like, punch a mirror. Like, heavy metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when I get the to that level effect. with Yes. yes. When I get to that level with Azealia, stuff like JFK just sometimes doesn't do it for me. I appreciate That's totally it. totally real. In I, the grand scheme of things, yeah. That is a really important quality of Azealia Banks is the twirl. Because um, I don't know how much experience you had with this, but like when I was like first listening to this record, I was reimagining my whole reality in front of me. Like I was getting carried the fuck away. I was strutting, walking around in the rain, listening to this album, thinking I was the shit. And I had the fucking soundtrack. I, I would not let anyone listen to anything but this. No. Right. And I'd put this, this on... Like, and, yeah. People would be like, what genre is this? I mean, it's genre. rap. Genre. It's hip-hop. <laughs> it's a zillion. Don't you get it? <laughs> this is real rap. <laughs> yeah. This is New York. This is the Bronx. This is fucking New York. This is Queens. <laughs> I know this a is, thing or two about yeah. rap music. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like Harlem. Real exactly. rap, but I do sing. This album smells like Harlem. <laughs> 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 let's get through the track list okay? yeah all right let's do it okay um do we have to talk about two and two what do we have to say about two what's and two to say about two and what's, two what's to be said a classic my, my dad showed me two and two your dad mm-hmm. he's a very chic dad my dad literally shows me so much music that's like trendy I think Weird. we talked about this on the Azaleathon episode, but I was first exposed to her because of two and two because of the um girl eating her tampon video. Uh, that's how a lot of people found out about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found her because she was on Enemy's Cool List. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, she was the number one on Enemy's Cool List. I think mm-hmm. she did that when we were like in eighth grade or seventh grade, even. And I was very online on Facebook around that time, and she was all over Facebook. I actually mm-hmm. remember not even being that gagged by Two One Two. Like I love Two One Two, but it it doesn't hit me with the wig and twirl in the same way that Licorice did. No, which just, was the very next song. I Licorice was I, the song that did it for me too. Yeah. Yes, Licorice was the first song that I sat down and committed to learning all the lyrics. And, and the demo of Fuck Up the Fun before oh. she cut out all of the um, the shit-talking mid-verses. Yeah. That, oh, that demo's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. and then we have Wallace. We can just skip two and two. Everyone already knows. Wa- okay, this I Wallace. Love I love Wallace. Fucking Wallace. This dun, is probably yeah, my dun, favorite song on the dun, album. Dun. The video for this is also dun, manic. Dun, dun, HP was, like, paying her money to promote their, like, product. And if you looked at the screen... And you moved your head. So did yes. so did Z right in front yes. of you. Yes. And this is so just sick. what is going on here. This is where the album begins to spin out into a different reality entirely. Nothing has ever sounded like this before. Yeah. Nothing. Like when the xylophone shit comes in, when she literally goes hot lava, <laughs> hot lava. I was like, <gasps> oh my god, hot lava, hot yeah. lava, hot lava, hot lava. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and there's like this like Rottweiler motif. It's like yeah, Rottweiler. Rottweiler. <laughs> Rhyme, she rhymed hot lava with, with Rottweiler. Rottweiler. People have done worse. No one has no, ever done. No better, one's done better. No one's yeah. done better. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. What is the verses on these like? when she raps? So good. Mm-hmm. Is this so... the one where she goes, "You lick the left one, you gotta lick the right one too." <laughs> Because this, like, song is, like, so vacuous. It's, like, a big, empty void. And it just is, like, that one, like, bum, 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 bum. And then, like, nothing else in it, basically. Right? It, in a weird way, reminds me of um, Bjork Human Behavior. I totally get it. 
it like has this kind of like weird tribal like the the way that the drum pattern is on this is just so gripping and so her and like it kind of it's like kind of like the spiritual sister to Jumanji in a way. Yes, 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 yes. And I feel like it's like the dark sided sister of Jumanji. I love I like the solo it. drum going into the more intense like doon da doon da doon because it feels like a repetition Ugh. like me first, you it's guys so next. It's so good, and I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about heavy metal and reflective. Holy I didn't shit. mean to go through every single track, but I have something to say about every we song. We can do it. I have something to say. Heavy Metal and Reflective is my favorite Azealia Banks song. I listen to it every day. It's my favorite Azealia song. And something inside of me. Like, I, I channel something else whenever I listen to Heavy Metal and Reflective. Uh, yes. And she said that she'd be very jiggle jello in them in dresses. In the dresses. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'd be looking... Oh. Every single time she says that, I feel it in my soul. Because you can so... I'd be jiggle jello in the dresses. dresses. I'm like... <gasps> Frenchy froze. Kep is that first bitch. I be in that prissy stone set with that wet wrist. When we did, when we saw that line, that live, oh, the room levitated. Mm-hmm. Everyone was heavy metal and reflective. Was the one song where everyone was like screaming, jumping, sweating, rapping. Everyone was rapping every word with her. And I, I remember, around, like, and everyone I made eye contact with, we looked at each other and thought we're gonna die. Yeah, no, it was like <laughs> I was. That was the first time where I thought I was going to have either a stroke or a heart attack because I felt my heart I was like, so I'm not going to make it through this two minutes. It was insane. And everyone was on the same level. And, like, it was one of the best performances. Best oh. performance of a song ever I've seen. Fun fact about Heavy Metal and Reflective. The main beat in it, um, the producer of the song Little Internet sampled an industrial fan that they were running in their apartment. They, like, recorded a big fan that was spinning in their apartment. Imagine the And then fan he in- modulated it into the beat. <laughs> Imagine the fan in your apartment going, do 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 I'm so hot in here. And Azealia's like, Azealia's like, that, the, I need that. Stop. Yes. I think Stop. we have a song. <laughs> that, that fan. <laughs> now, like this, is, this is the second Azealia Banks song I've ever lip-synced in drag. Uh, oh. My, good, my, good my debut was that I did Fierce, um, because... Oh. Every gay man who wouldn't, right? Duh, wouldn't yeah, play, you know. Mm-hmm. And then this song I did actually just a few months ago at a performance in, in Nagoya, and no one knew the song. And I, Damn. it was a bunch of fucking Brazilians in the audience who had no idea what was going on, and I was just um, walking Living. for my life in a little leather jacket, honey. Mm-hmm. Work. You, were, you were jiggle jello in that leather. Jacket. I was jiggle jello in them dresses. Okay, <laughs> I knew, I practiced for that. By the way, I like did, I created choreography because i oh, needed yeah. to turn it out that was like the one time i've ever like felt like a real need to know every single thing i'm gonna do every beat make it happen because that yeah, song so inspires levitation and it me. honestly probably is her to me probably her best song it might it's be like her that, best song that and licorice to me are tied lyrically like heavy metal and reflective if you need like a bad bitch song if you need a hype song if you need mm-hmm. a song that really yeah. like gets you in the mood to just give you that burst of energy Hot, heavy metal and reflective horny, crazy sexy like motorcycle motorcycle like you don't have to think when you listen to the song just do no. she does yeah. it for you she creates she a whole it. reality exactly. uh, yes. i be in osaka drinking sake and Moetsis. And Moetsis. Yeah. And Moetsis. Buy me Tamagotchi sipping sake and Moetsis. I can get that. I can get that. You know well I'm with that wet rich. I'm in every city to say hello to the head bitch. I mean in the borough of your thorough of the red blip. It's so good. I love to do it like Nikki. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that like 
Ah, uh, that like Roman Zelansky vibe. Like uh, that's yeah. what I love from Nikki it's too. Hungry. You know? It's literally like it's she's like an angry piranha chomping through water. An angry piranha rapping. <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, good. It's like convulsing almost. Can you, you imagine know? like them like in the original Interscope recording sessions for this, and they come up with this song like. I'd be now looking what? very heavy metal and reflective. Jimmy Iovine shit his pants. He said, like, oh, <gasps> what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> he could not survive. He, he was dead on arrival. Did no. you know on season eight, Shea Coulee described one of her looks as that? She goes, I'm looking she very did. heavy metal, metal and, and reflective. And she said that that was like just purely just to drop heavy metal and reflective. Which is Good funny because I think mm-hmm. you can't say anything about Azealia Banks on Drag Race or RuPaul will kill you because of Call Me Mother. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm giving very much big, big beat. <laughs> I'm giving very much. <laughs> I'm giving. I'm giving JFK. Icy win. colors. I'm giving very icy colors. Change. I thought about it. Couldn't <laughs> yeah. say it. Yeah. Icy colors change. Is that the worst Disney song of all time, or or is it maybe... icy colors change? Yeah. It's I, the worst song ever. Recorded. I used to listen to it a lot. <laughs> it's the worst song ever made. <laughs> I, I used to listen to it a decent amount. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I did. I love her cover of Jingle Bells. Oh, I, when the, the promo that came out before the finished quote-unquote product came out, it just is like the worst thing you've the ever worst heard. Worst thing you've ever heard there, in your life. There was a drought where I was really hungry for New Azealia, and the only thing I hadn't listened to was like icy colors. Icy colors like, change. And I was like, I'll I'll make it work. So I listened to it for a while because I was like, I need yeah. something new from and her. And listen, for the people at home, it's icy. I see why colors change. Icy. But in a way, she also sees colors change. Yeah. It's like Edgar oh, Sautel. With, with the changing of the seasons. It's just like Edgar Sautel. <laughs> Oh my god. She like did a vinyl and CD pressing of Icy Colors Change and I wish I fucking bought one. I wish. Yeah. I want the vinyl co- I want the vinyl pressing of Barely Legal. It's a cover a it's a cover of the Strokes song. The Strokes. Have yeah. you never heard mm-hmm. of it? I didn't take no shortcuts. I think her singing is beautiful on that cover. That's a beautiful song. I love that song. I anyway. think her singing on Be Wet in general is pretty good as well. Yeah, um, pretty decent. She, there what? have been times more recently where she is not a singer. Chopped. That's I mean, not real me- rap and she don't sing. She got memed for her singing because of that one little fucking episode from like Chowder or some bullshit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, like, there. hey there. <laughs> I see you over there. And, and then she like, quote tweeted and said, I don't get it. <laughs> see like that's what makes her great <laughs> so she's so she's like are you guys trying to call me a pig because the person that <laughs> like the character was a pig who she was will, singing she will never do some introspective thinking as you know banks that girl she does not she have will the, not have the range to at least look at herself in the mirror okay, so okay what comes after BBD. heavy metal I okay there's a uh, lot of BBD haters out there I'm one I'm, of them I'm sorry I'm ready to tell you BBD is one of her more underrated songs, and I really think that people deserve to go back to the drawing board with BBD. I'm moderate on the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle. I'm, I'm right in the center of the yeah. aisle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the moderator of this. BBD like was it. produced by Apple Juice Kid. What the fuck is that? It's a great, it's a great song. I think people were not ready for BBD. BBD is your ganja burn. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah. actually how I feel. BBD yeah. to me is like, Every line of BBD makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I like the audacity. You know, bad bitches do it. All my bad bitches do it. Bad bitches do it. I like the nerve. I mean, it's really insane. This song sounds like 
it just like came like firing out of like an EDM smartphone. It just like, it's so abrasive. So I like the nerve, but I don't want to listen. That's why I'm moderate to it. There are certain things that Azealia would do that did channel my old EDM phase. Like I I was, Uh I was soul bound to Esta Noche. And now you can't really oh, find it in a lot of places. I love Espinoche. And I loved it because it's, it, it's the my... The mood is, the mood is right. right. Everything had juicy vibes. Yeah. The exclusive kind. And then it just breaks into like a full-on EDM beat. And she's still rapping over it. And I get and a like little bit of that And I'm shaking and like vibrating. Like I'm possessed yeah. in the imagine being yeah. Imagine being exercised no. from an entire genre community of Moonbaton. And then making the definitive Moonbaton song. Espinoche yeah. is amazing. The, yeah. the genre-defining song. Yes. I can't. Anyway. BBD channels BBD. a little bit of that for me. Listen to it and really see how you feel. I want you to be in tune okay. with your heart. I'm not okay. going to give you any opinions on it, but just know it's good. I will say that this is like a good <laughs> emblem of just how scattershot this album is. The fact that this and fucking Idol Delilah are on the same record within 20 minutes of each other... How did she pull it off that it all clicks together? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's pulling yeah. up so many different influences, but it feels like one... Um, cohesive statement like this all feels like organic with everything else and I do not know what quality it is that makes that happen I know yeah listen you can't rap and sing on the same CD the public won't get it they got ADD (laughs) (laughs) you know who said that Zach Langley Chi Chi (laughs) (laughs) when Nicki Minaj said I can't help my retarded shit (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly how I feel about (laughs) and they switch like faggots girl yeah. Um, she goes, my shit's stupid, dumb, shit. wheelchair bound. <laughs> oh, my so oh my god. Oh my god. Next on the track list is Heavy. Uh, next nope. on the track list is Ice Princess. <laughs> Let's go. I have to be candid with you and tell you I don't live for Ice Princess. I love Ice Princess. Pitchwork loves Ice Princess, and I was a little confused as to why. I know. I kind of love it. I don't hate it. There's it's nothing just, wrong with it. It's a, wrong it's a great it. lyrical exercise. Mm-hmm. Just to me, it's not very listenable. I hate the video. I hate that video. I hate the video. I will not. I saw like a screenshot for that the video. And I was like, You've never video. seen it? Oh, I'm it not, is. I'm not watching it. It might well, be that's her why worst like video. Even her worse worst than video. the soda video. And it, it wants to be the only video so bad. Yeah. yeah. And it's not. Yeah, it's, once I, I, I saw the soda video and I was like, I'm not going to watch the Ice Princess video. The soda video... The soda was when she ran out of budget. Yeah, that's, that's when, when people she's walking around in the desert about in five like years after the album came out. It's yeah, very it was, embarrassing. It was very so embarrassing. Weird. Yeah, very weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm not crazy about Ice Princess. Basically, it's a whole rap about being cold. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: this is maybe the only just rap song Rapidly on the rap. album. She's not singing. She has no. a she has some no. bitch do it for her. Feeling it. I'm feeling legend. Now, the original yeah, version of this yeah. that she sampled is one of the songs that they used to play at Nordstrom Rack to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And she sampled her own song on Anna Wintour. This is a flip of the hook on Anna Wintour. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. Listen, reduce, reuse, recycle, resourceful queen. Exactly. Yeah. She yeah. reached back into her discography. She goes, what do I still have the contract for? You guys are going to dance to this old shit. And you're not even going to know. So are you ready to talk about what is maybe my favorite song on the whole album? I'm so ready. Yeah, so we already did JFK. Soda. Soda. I love soda. I love soda. With like I think f- soda is among Azealia fans widely regarded as like one of her best. It the is. Intro, yeah. Like the intro to the song is so 
what's going to happen, the anticipation buildup, and then it just delivers. I don't know. Nothing wrong about it. Well, this song is is truly depressing. This is like the song about like being a miserable bitch, just like drug addict. Yes, miserable Mm -hmm. drug addict bitch, mentally unwell, smiling at guys to try to give yourself a touch of life as you throw yourself at every experience possible, and it's set to that huge, like enormous, like synth at the beginning. It really feels like. Oh my the god! Production what is a climax! Crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it goes it crazy. It goes yeah. nuts, and like you just you get the full picture after one listen, and I, I don't know. I don't have anything bad to say about it. I think it's perfect. I there's really no notes I have about this song. I will say yeah, the music video watched once, not great. Didn't ruin don't, my experience, but I will not. Do not. She also yeah. really wants the lyrics on this to be very clearly a metaphor for drugs. But uh-huh. if I hadn't read her five hundred tweets about how the fact that like coke and sprite in this song are supposed to no, right. are supposed to translate to drugs i don't know that i would have understood that and that's why i still kind of like it because i think the first listen i kind of got it but i was like it's very emotive it's some of yeah. her best like weirdest singing and like i love when she goes into her really crazy low register low voice like that long note at the end i say soda soda <laughs> I just love this. I like, like I said earlier, one of my favorite things about this album is like the self doubt that always like keeps uh, popping up. Because I mean, it, it's so humbling to see her like in this absolutely chaotic mode. But like, uh, it always ends up returning back to this like um, uncertainty in, in the self and the fact that like she's able to combine all of these disparate influences and like still um, like express this vulnerability makes like the whole album like kind of uh the answer to that vulnerability and creating like this perfect glimmering pop object completely yes Mm -hmm. i agree and speaking of pop chasing time is like the pop song and i love this song too i like chasing time people hate it people hated it because originally the lead single for be what was supposed to be miss amore which Uh if that had happened who knows how things uh i have no idea Miss Amore, well, chasing chasing such a like it's so hooky and so poppy and so stupid. It's so addictive. When I I got to Chasing Time on the album, I realized I completely loved Azealia Banks and would fight for her because this does sample Percolator, which is like a childhood song that I love Mm -hmm. for me, and I think she samples it really well because I don't think it was you know, it's not too intense, it's not too overbearing, you know. No, I I love this. So does its job. I wish I feel like this should have been a radio hit. Yeah. I think it could have been a radio hit, Chasing Time, 100%. I wanted it to be. I wish it was. was She said that Interscope made her, like, go back to the drawing board after she did Chasing Time because they, like, thought it wasn't catchy enough, which is crazy because at the time, this was, like, so catchy. And now, like, it sounds really different from what people are making, but, like, at the time, it was very trend-fucky. And the music Mm -hmm. video was still Azealia enough. And also yeah. still mainstream with a lot of the visuals that they were doing. That it could that have video been looks they had... kind of expensive. Yeah, we, like they... kind of expensive, very mm-hmm. catchy. The mm-hmm. verses were really good and still like kind of stayed true to her ethos. Yeah, like they had enough budget work. Azealia didn't have to compromise on her vision too much. I think. Bear in mind, this was the first single that came out that was Interscope released and mm-hmm. not SoundCloud released after yeah. ATM Jam. Oh. oh. So Which wasn't was good until was that state. remix, yeah. Like, it, this was, uh, the, you know, she was fighting for her life, babble on. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's also insane for me now, uh, knowing everything we do, to imagine Azealia Amanda Banks, like, in the studio with directors and backup dancers and lighting people and makeup and hair people all having to deal with her as she's 
barreling forward into this manic dream world vision that she has. And like yes. the fact that this exists like is such a triumph of pop culture that they were able to wrangle her into making it happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like some of the visuals are kind of like a nod to like young Rapunzel too, where yeah. again, like this was a really good opportunity for her to really white. show her shit. And like really the hair, the hair is beautiful. Hair is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Again, just like the imagery that we've already recognized from Azealia Banks. Like, I don't know. It's just good. I love chasing time. I now this too. is also mm-hmm. the origin of her downfall because uh, she did like the blue and orange eye thing in this video. And that's what she thought Zane was stealing from her. And that's why she called him a sand N word. Uh, I can't. I can't. See, that's her own little. <laughs> we all started there. Okay, let's. Yeah. Uh, we're almost at the end of the album. Uh, let's do. We can talk about luxury briefly. This is on uh, fantasy. It's a beautiful song. Great. Song. Okay, work. One of her best. Yeah, luxury is so fucking. Good. Everyone deserves to hear this song. Yes. Yep. The New feature go go. It's had, uh, luxury's also had a second life on TikTok through. Oh yeah. Oh, through competition, and then people right. listen to competition more. Which is crazy. Competition sucks. Wait, who is competition by? That's Azealia, but it was oh, the demo for oh, Luxury. So, so right, TikTok, right, 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 right. What tic- was the verse that went viral on TikTok? I'm like, Banks, where have you been, honey? Oh, oh, oh yeah. This, this money. money. And it's so, yeah. it's, it's so bizarre to hear it because it feels not right. Because it's uh-huh. like when Azealia was still doing like the later flow. Right. And yeah. so TikTok got a hold of it. Yeah, exactly. But like Luxury is such a, it's such a mature song. Mm-hmm. It is. It's beautiful too. I don't know what it is. It's like that like house production in it or whatever, but it feels so it I feels love like, playing this and walking around. All it feels still to sexy. This day. Yeah, it feels sexy, seductive, expensive, polished. <laughs> it's again, like it hits all the notes of like what I would be feeling for if I'm if I'm listening to luxury, I know what I'm getting from luxury. 100%. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. Nude Beach Go Go. Nude Beach Go Go. I think I hate this song. It has to be on the album. It is critical that it, it is on this record. To be it on has it. to be it. Yeah. I, I I appreciate it. I think I've only listened to it through like maybe four times, and at that point New it was me giving a chance after go, chance. Go go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the second I heard "Teenage Verona," I was like, "Nope, no, skip, skip, <laughs> skip." <laughs> skip. <laughs> And then I went Teenage back. Verona sipping Coca Cola. Teenage s- Verona, mama can't control. But this I am ball. a teenage Verona sipping Coca Cola, right? Right. I'm a right. teenage Verona, mama can't control. No, mama can't control. I mean, it takes so much nerve to put this on your album and like think it's good. I mean, it is good. Imagine thinking it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like, imagine I can't. like convincing yourself. It's like, huh. I wow. succeeded she with goes, this. Not only this, but I have to put it like really close to the end. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, you get all these like house beats. You get, you get to the point where you're like, oh my god, wait, work. And then nude beach go go comes out of nowhere like the she fucking goes, boogeyman. Black women's attraction. All the white girls join in, in the, the action. action. <laughs> Do you wait? Do what's you jingle, when you're with dingle, your dingle dangle? dangle. <laughs> Everybody loves the bingle bangle. Ow. <laughs> because she forces you to like to realize the reality of azealia banks she's like if you're gonna love this you you have to put up with this you gotta deal with miss broadway like you have to do Uh, the whole you have to deal with all of it if you don't love me at my new beach go go you don't deserve me at my miss camaraderie it's so true yeah agreed okay so then the i want to talk about these two songs at once because it's like a one two continuous journey yeah. for me yeah. both of these songs are like well over four minutes long so indulgent miss amour and miss camaraderie what a fucking duo What's what a duo 
I just looked this up. My my Miss Amore play count on my iTunes is 1,811 times. Oh, yes. <laughs> How many hours is that? Do you know? Let's see. Does it tell the you song the is about... It's four minutes. It's four and a half minutes long. Four and a half minutes long. Times... Let's just say five minutes. Five times... 1811. For, for the viewers at home, Nick just Googled five times 1,811 as opposed to pulling up a calculator. That's how it, that's how Google works, girl. I you always go- type it out on Google. I you type it out. You guys. <laughs> that is 150, almost 151 hours of Miss Amore. You've spent 151 hours of your life. Uh-huh. What a great Listen, way to spend it. Yeah, honestly. I, I went, went downtown, downtown to breeze, breeze through, through Freaks. freaks. I've got yes. a job interview with Hebrew G. This is when people This is maybe to me, I recognize it's not her best song, but to me as a person and like on an individual level, I don't think that I've ever really connected as much to an Azealia song as I have with Miss Amor. Uh-huh. And talk about leg wig and twirl. Oh, oh boy. When it starts building seconds, up in the chorus as well. Oh, I li- pure, lovely allure, uh. Lady Aurora. <laughs> Monsieur, Lady my Aurora. eyes are wide. We talked about this before, like, um, like the way that she like uses these like dumb, big, gloopy, gloppy words, and she's like, like jiggle jello in them dresses. Like she has like a very like attractive like, like word yeah. choice. Yeah. She's yeah. like slutty Dr. Seuss. She's a oh, retard. Yes. Slutty Dr. Seuss the retard. It's like the it's like, <laughs> it's like her strong suit is like the imagery of it all. It makes you stop and think. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to Miss Some More. I, I went downtown to breeze through freaks. I have to stop and consider. I have to exactly. stop and consider. And then when she says cunt diddle cunt do cunt cunt, I go cunt mm. cunt cunt cunt. <laughs> I was like, huh. I, I turn into the thinker. Curious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me let me consider cunt little cunt 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 exhibit a cunt little cunt 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 there's there's a footnote yeah cunt little cunt 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 and then on genius and then in in the annotation it goes cunt little cunt 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 it's the exact same thing in the annotation you have to flip to the back of the book it's a footnote the hieroglyphs little cunt 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 um Miss Camaraderie this is the second collaboration with Lone this is a beautiful song I think this was my most listened to song on the album I think for me it was for a while it is beautiful and you know this is the perfect conclusion to all of this tornado whirlwind storm of influences that all kind of jams up together uh, to make a song really about pushing forward deeper into the futurist reality, no matter mm-hmm. how hard it gets. Yeah, it's it's a party. It's a celebration. It feels like being at a Kesha concert whenever yes. I listen to Miss Camaraderie, to the be honest. The horns at the end of this song, like the Very horn outro, I could, I could exit life to that. Yes. yes. Like, I would, like, if I was on my deathbed, I'd be like, put on Miss Camaraderie. Can you imagine you and, dying and, to Miss and Camaraderie? And set a timer really for quick. four minutes and 32 seconds yeah, and okay. yank that shit the okay. second that the horns end. <laughs> okay, guy in hospice. I'm imagining myself, like, <laughs> like crying as I'm, like, I walk into the sunset of my life. You know, there's, like, one mm-hmm. beautiful tear in Chi-Chi's eye, and she turns yeah. over her shoulder, and it's the horns, and she waves goodbye and walks into the Japanese sunset. Yeah. 
and it's yeah, the end I have of like career. my hospice nurse push me out to a pond, and I'm yeah. like on my wheelchair, and there's like frogs hopping over the lily pads, <laughs> and like dragonflies buzzing around, and I'm like, oh, look at this yeah. beautiful world. <laughs> look at this beautiful <laughs> world I've had the pleasure of being part of. <laughs> and then it goes into the flatline of my. <laughs> yeah. Has she ever performed this before? Sorry. Has she performed this ever? I, we she didn't do it. She didn't do it live. She did not. Do I it would live, absolutely no. do this as a closing song for her. Con- this is the end of her career. This is the end of. Yes. Her, this is the sundown of Azealia's career. Yes, yeah. it stopped here, and the sun hasn't and come back up since. Azealia has gone on record to say that it is. She thinks it's the best song she's ever made. Yes, it's I have read that as well, and I think yeah. I understand why she would think that. This is pure catharsis, and like imagining this delusional little girl uh, who just completely ruins her life over and over again hearing her come together to create this perfect imagination of herself this completely innovative never been done before project against all odds of and imagine being azealia banks and calling yourself miss camaraderie it lines up with her th- like miss camaraderie oh being my the God. Last song lines up with her thesis because it literally the beginning of the song feels like you're falling down the rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland style Mm -hmm. like it starts off so muted and then it goes right into the big instruments and everything and it just feels I don't know it's like calling it feels like calling Azealia Miss Congeniality it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense Mm -hmm. Azealia has never been a comrade to anyone there's not one person (laughs) it's just not it's not true it's it's fantastical she's Mrs. Antagonism Literally, yes. Yeah. A ride with Miss Antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's touching. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all three of us, all Miss Antagonist, yeah. showing up to the bar. <laughs> we all change our Twitter headers to Miss Antagonist. Miss Antagonist. Mrs. Yeah. Antagonist. But I mean, that—that's the touching thing is you can kind of feel that she does have like that Gemini, like you know, drive to be a better person. She yeah. hasn't yet. Mm-mm. She shows glimpses of it, and whenever she does, I'm like, "This is it. This is the time uh-huh. she's gonna round the corner." Yeah, because you can tell, like, when she wants to like get all her ducks in a row and like clean her slate. Yeah, she tries. She, she like dick rides Megan the Stallion, or she'll like yeah. just like go cra- <laughs> Mother like, Nikki. Cra- yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like go on like pages long diatribes about how much work Nikki has put in to like mm-hmm. establish herself in the field and da 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 da. And then three seconds later, the second that she feels slighted, it's over. Mm-hmm. We get glimmers of that. Like, and that's the, what's so crazy about Azealia is that she's not... Kate, you can't... She can't exist without, like, the chaos at the center of her. Right. Yeah. She, she shows glimmers of humanity in those moments. Because the last thing that I remember when we saw her live was at the very end, she was, like, choking back tears, being like, this oh, is why I do it. I do it for you guys, and I will always do it for you. And she was, oh. like, crying. And that, in itself... She I don't know, is like, a yeah, fucking like, artist. Yeah. It hurts me mm-hmm. to watch people who do not understand this like kind of artistic impulse of wanting to have your cake and eat it too and wanting to be able to like blah 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 run your mouth in front of people who do not give a shit about you as a person yeah. and only see you as like a like a specter of like pop culture or whatever and therefore don't give a shit what you actually think or what kind of person you actually are. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to be that person and then also like pour your whole self into music or into art or into whatever. It's really fucking hard to have the both of those things. And yes. it's impossible to have both, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you feel this way about our little artistic endeavors? Like, I feel like, you know, we put all of this work in, like, we care so much, like, for a very limited amount of people. And then um, it's just everyone else tuning in for what they perceive to be hot takes about bullshit on Twitter, which I don't give a fuck about. Like, that's, that's just not like why my... I fucking do what I do. No. Right. 
that's my gay little foot diary that I just like like I kick my phone and like just like produce garbage into. Literally, like I'm like anytime yeah. I tweet, it's because I'm on the brink of suicide. Oh my god, I'm like okay. literally imagining not, like, my death. <laughs> I'm like imagining like a massacre at work and then like ripping out my eye and like jumping out the window and screaming in the street. That literally. is when I, I like click publish on a tweet. Literally, I, and I same with Azalea, obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. Like I tweet the most when I'm at my lowest. When I'm like, there's nothing to lose right now in my life. Like when I'm I have actually at my lowest. Nothing good going on. Yeah. That is when I'm. Tweeting that's when I'm tweeting. <laughs> I have nothing else to do. There's and nothing that, better going yes. on. Yes. And that's how I know that when I get into these like spats with people online and whatever, when people are cannot fucking stop coming after you and saying dumb shit mm-hmm. and they're so mad and blah blah blah. I'm like, that's why I don't give a shit what these people have to say is because if you are that in, like consumed by a tweet, I know you. I am you. I am in those ugly fucking boots regularly. and Those I ugly just, boots, mama. Those, those ugly, ugly boots, boots all the time. And I know who you are and what spot you're at in your fucking life yeah. because that's when I get online and I say like, gay guys are disgusting and, <laughs> and prep is gonna kill you and but, you know like that yeah, kind uh-huh. of thing like i don't give a fuck who's yeah. on fucking prep do you think i care azelia has been in those shoes many times oh exactly. azelia yeah. straps into those thigh highs every single yeah. time she feels slighted and i really get it this is honestly why i love broke with expensive taste so much this is an album by a total fucking insane narcissist egomaniac who cares so much about female Kanye female Kanye yes Yes, female Kanye she cares so fucking much about creating her worldview and sharing like her own perception of reality she is fighting tooth and nail to get her perversion literalized as some glimmering art object and she cares so much that she gets hurt very easily and so Mm -hmm. hearing like those horns at the end of Miss Camaraderie is this like oh this it's it's a win for messy selfish gay people who care a yes. lot about their art projects exactly yep. mm-hmm. 100%. exactly it is like literally the sound of the rest of the world going away mm-hmm. yeah it's like every single bit of effort that you put in that was not publicized and no one else got to see and you know you were pouring your blood sweat and fucking tears into yep. that shit that is the sound of every hater every retard in the whole world falling away with the horns yeah everything fading Exactly. Yep. So as I re-philosophize my universe, I'm recreating the world. I'm so popular. Season three, everything is gone. You two have climbed out of the gloop and soup, and we are recreating the world together. What are we taking from Mr. Jean-Paul Goud and Miss Ozelia Banks and her album? What What are we mm. taking from all of this into the, our new reality? Yeah. What's your takeaway? I feel ready I feel like the last year has been extremely taxing for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think that I have put a lot of effort and energy into things that are not moving me forward on my path to who I'm meant to be. Yes. And oftentimes it's very easy to be tempted by the people who want you to fight small battles that are very far behind you at this point already. And the things I want to say and the things I want to do and the person I want to be has nothing to do with any person that I can interact with online mm-hmm. or anyone who I can interact with in person. It's all about fucking me. Mm-hmm. Work. And it's sometimes <coughs> hard to like demand that shit for yourself. Bless you. Mm-hmm. Bless you. <laughs> 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 oh, Zach was like, oh, shit. Well, bullshit. <laughs> 
Continue. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Oh my goodness. Oh, I just the allergies oh in the God. middle of July. Oh my faggot. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm just saying. All I want to do. Here's my goal, right? I want to stop putting so much money on my credit card. I want to uh-huh. finish my fucking book. I want to be me, and I want to have nice hair. Okay. Oh, yes. I don't yes. think that's so much to ask for. No. True. Um, my takeaway: I I love art. I love fashion. I love music. I love all of it. Who fucking doesn't? I love things that are produ- provocative. I love things that make me think. I love things that make me question. That's our job as human beings to question fucking everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think with Jean Paul Gaud. As well as be wet by Azealia Banks. Bag it. Bag it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Azealia yeah. Bank broke with expensive taste. Azealia <laughs> Banks broke with expensive taste. How do you say broke with expensive taste? Yeah. BBD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, just, I just hope. I just hope. I don't know. I want meaningful mm. art. I want meaningful art in my life. Yeah. You know. I want I things could, to be provocative. I want, I want fucking meaning. Period. I want yeah. meaning. I so meaning. get it. This Give is what I'm meaning. saying. I, I like. I want to. It's all about me. Fuck everyone else. This is yes. my journey to stardom, and the yes. way I'm gonna get there is by being a decadent little fucking freak on the internet and in Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a white girl stomping around Japan, and you can't take it. I am going see to see what go, the fuck you. I oh, would love to yeah. see what come you motherfuckers on. could do. Yeah, come on, Bring come it on. find me and like, let, come speak to me in Japanese about it. Let's have a little kaiwa, okay? Nashimashou. <laughs> come over, bitch. Let's go. And come I'm find me at Trader Joe's. Yeah. I'm eating. I'm eating strawberries as a snack these days. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, like, I wish you fucking would. Yeah. We're gonna eat our strawberries into the next universe. Like I am so committed to uh, focusing on my own sickness and turning it into something transcendental that makes me happy. Yes. Yes. Fuck everyone Mm -hmm. else. I'm not mentally ill. You are. Bitches.